It's time for Monday Night Sports Talk on News Talk 1400 WDWS Champaign-Urbana. Featuring the News Gazette media sports writers, Matt Daniels, Bob Osmussen, and Scott Ritchie. Delivering the latest insights on the Illini and more. Join the program by calling 217-356-9397 or send a text to the Castle Heating and Cooling text line 217-351-5357. Now, here are the News Gazette media sports writers and your host, Steve Kelly. Hello again, everybody. Welcome to Monday Night Sports Talk. We are with you until 6 o'clock this evening. We've got... 77 degrees at 511, heading towards 6, as I mentioned. Phone line open, 217-356-9397. Matt Daniels is with us, the sports editor of the News Gazette. Bob Osmussen in the house as well. Scott Ritchie is casually sitting back and waiting his turn and uh, doing uh, loops (laughs) on the chair, which is good to keep awake, right, Scott? He is awake. Well, I mean, if a chair swivels, I'm going to yeah. spin in it. You got to swivel. You got to do a little chair dancing to the opening theme music. I don't even remember. This is how sad it's, it is and how long it's been since we've been to the Esquire. I don't even remember if the chairs on the stage swivel at the Esquire. They do, do they but do. We're, okay. we're so close to each other that there's... I don't know if we'll be ever <laughs> close <laughs> to each other again if we ever go back. <laughs> might be... TBD. <laughs> we might be running the four-corner Yeah, Bob in one corner. <laughs> sure. Ed and another Steve up on stage, Scott at the bar. You know this is so something. Let's rearrange uh, that. I'll, I'll say uh, <laughs> deal. I'll, I'll go to the bar okay. with Scott. This, you know, this is not coming to an end. It's still ongoing. Not it's in, in Arlington, Texas, Bob. It is over. Apparently, yes, but because there's a sold out baseball stadium world, going on. Right but now. in the real world, it's it's coming closer to an end or some sort of turning point. But I see, I saw football. Fans at Memorial Stadium, fa- parents, families mm-hmm. on Saturday. It was pretty cool. It was, it was, they were there last fall too. It was touching, so it's cool. But I'm glad. I'm glad you're touched, Bob. I'm ex- very excited. There'll be fans in the house tonight over in Indianapolis for the uh, national title game. Gonzaga about a four and a half point favorite over Baylor. I guess we got to the point, Matt, that we thought we would all season long with the. Uh, Baylor and Gonzaga playing for all the marbles. Yeah, this is the matchup I think college basketball fans have been wanting uh, all season. And ironic that these two teams are scheduled to meet in Indianapolis tonight, four months to the day. They were supposed to meet in Indy back earlier in the season, but that game got postponed because of COVID protocols within Gonzaga's program. And um, it's going to be interesting, too, just the contrast tonight because you're – you're coming in with arguably the two best teams in college basketball, and they have been all season, but you're coming in with a Baylor team that thoroughly dominated Houston on Saturday night, and then you're coming in with a Gonzaga team that, yes, they won. They beat UCLA. It was probably one of the best college basketball games of all time. I would say top five list for almost anyone trying to make it out, but they're coming in having to had to go to the wire to beat an 11 seed in UCLA and kind of maybe Baylor's got the upper hand going in tonight who knows but it should be it should be a classic game let's just hope it hope it stays close and competitive all the way through well Bob and I go back a little further than uh, you two lads but that was one of the best best basketball games I've seen at, at any level matter of fact I was Saturday night I'd, I had done the show Saturday morning mm-hmm. played golf in the afternoon I, by, by 
9.30 or so, I was getting to, somebody blow somebody <laughs> else so I go to bed. Could not do it, uh, Scott. Uh, I'm sure you stayed with it the, the whole night, and what a great basketball game it was. And, you know, somebody on national TV called it a Hail Mary ending. Well, it was not a Hail Mary. That was a, a great shot. He he dribbled a couple of times, set himself up for that shot, and it, it was just a, a great game, a great, too bad that somebody had to lose. Yeah, and that was, I think, anything other than a Hail Mary. I mean, right. Jalen Suggs, I mean, yeah, he was like 40 feet away, but he just took a normal shot. And it wasn't like, you know, Gordon Hayward's uh, you know, attempt yeah. where he was sort of off balance and kind of hoisted up a prayer. I mean, this was like a, was a good shot. And, um, I mean, I don't know that there was a lot that UCLA could have done in that situation. I mean, you don't want to foul, obviously, but they sort of let Jalen Suggs get the ball – maybe too easily on the inbounds play, and he just, you know, he had time for, I think, three dribbles, and that got him to, you know, past half court and then, you know, a couple steps that are legal, and, you know, he launched. It was good. Was, was it Timmy that threw the ball in? I think it was Corey Kispert. Okay. Timmy give took him, the big charge. Give him some credit, Kispert, for getting it in so quickly Yes. that uh, they didn't have time to, yeah. to, to not – well, and that's ball. one of the beauties of Gonzaga this season is is their ability to score in transition, not just on missed out, missed shots, but their ability to get out and go when after a team makes a shot. And UCLA had done a pretty decent job all Saturday night of really kind of slowing down Gonzaga in transition. But the one time they needed to have someone up near the ball handler was the final play of the game, and, and Jalen Suggs made him pay. The look on Drew Timmy's face after he got the charge and it you know, wasn't was for a blocking <laughs> foul that was pretty funny it was like he was like yeah, i think it was it was a charge but he's like, like those calls can go horribly wrong sometimes and i think he was maybe just relieved that you know it went his way we've got the phone lines open let's go to the phones here on monday night sports talk and say hello to carl hey carl hey I, i've got a couple of well one of them may be a strange observation I'm just wondering with the th- with over a thousand people in the portal, is there a possibility do you think that s- some of these guys will find themselves without a team? Yes, yeah, it happened last year. There weren't nearly as many players as there are going to be this season, but um from you know last year, there was just over a thousand players in the portal. Some transferred down to d two d three you know Juco in some cases. Some you know found a new roster spot on a Division One team, and there were, you know, I think a couple hundred that were sort of you know left without an option. They're um, still in the portal. Why well, they just gave <laughs> up, just floating in the yeah. portal? So, well, so yeah, with, get drafted out of the portal. I mean, there's there's twelve hundred now, essentially. You know, Brad Under was talking today. You know, I think the expectation is at least fifteen hundred, which is like a five per team. Mind boggling. Yeah, it's like a third right. of all college basketball players. Uh, and, and, yeah, there's yeah. going to be some in that group that are you – know, it's a game of musical chairs, and they're not going to have a chair. Yeah, well, that's the way I was looking at it. I mentioned to my brother uh, yesterday that if by some chance Adam Miller decides he wants to come out of the portal and come back, he may not have a place to come back to. So, but – there's uh, there was something else I wanted to mention. Um, some people have made uh, kind of an issue of Ben Miller being both the tight end coach 
and the uh, special teams coach at Illinois. But I remember back uh, when Greg McMahon was here. He was the tight end coach and the special teams coordinator as well. Because when we used to have practices, they used to see practices, I should say, is the uh, special teams people uh, would start off early, uh, start off first, and then they'd break up into their position groups. And so I don't see the problem myself. I, I agree completely, and you're right. Uh, Greg McMahon did that for, I believe, at least 13 years maybe here. He was here five with Tepper and eight with Ron Turner. So, yeah, and he should have been retained for that. That was a mistake by Ron Zuck. But, yeah, Greg McMahon did that successfully. He liked. He loves special teams. He still coaches special teams at LSU. So, to me, you're right, Carl. It's, it's kind of a no-brainer. I think anybody critical of that is not, doesn't know how the game works, frankly. But because uh, I remember in practices, I've seen the tight end coach looking for something to do uh, right. when I was there. So it's just I don't see what what the big deal is. It's not a big deal. You're right. I was actually surprised that the uh, uh, under Levy Smith, that special teams coordinator, was just doing that. Uh, All right, so, Carl. Good stuff. Appreciate the call. Okay. Two one seven three five six nine three nine seven is the phone number if you want to jump in. Some other uh, basketball news. Scott Ritchie, the uh, Illini over the weekend, got a transfer commitment from Florida. Omar Payne, a big man, 6'10", 250-ish. Is he, is he that heavy? Oh, 230. 230. Yeah. yeah. Okay, and uh, your thoughts on that? I think you look at it in a couple ways. Either, you know, it's... You know, Kofi Coburn insurance in case you know he leaves, which is certainly a possibility. Or, I mean, that's not a bad backup to have if Kofi decides, hey, maybe one more year's, you know, good for me too. Um, and it's not a bad backup to have, perhaps, if Georgie leaves. Absolutely. And Kofi stays. Um, <laughs> yeah. Or just, this off season, <laughs> you, you I, can't figure it out. No, I just ask me again, like in October when there's a roster. No, we're not. We're gonna ask you every day yeah. until the season. He's gonna be busy this summer. Scott is. I'm gonna be, you can't I'm, go anywhere. I'm try Sorry. Yeah, I'm leaving. Um, Luckily, there's this thing called Wi-Fi and cell phones. Yeah. I'm, I'm just going <laughs> to throw everything away. <laughs> but Omar Payne, uh, he's probably maybe the best rim protector I've always had since I've at least covered you know the team because I you know, wasn't here for the, the Nana Agwu era because um, his block percentage numbers were better than Kofi's and you know having played significantly fewer minutes last season. I mean, he's definitely a around-the-basket type threat. Um, he's not going to shoot it like jump shots maybe ever, but uh, he can be on the receiving end of Andre Carbello alley-oops just fine. Um, so he's, he's the rim runner, rim protector, like Illinois wants maybe out of their five. And, I mean, of course, the, you know, the one thing that I'm sure the Illinois coaches discussed with him and I you know, had to kind of figure out was the last – kind of the last time we saw him, I mean, he played – one of two NCAA tournament games, but he didn't play Florida's first game because he was sitting out after elbowing Tennessee's John Fulkerson not once but two times in the face, and it was essentially the Io DeSumo injury, facial fracture, and a concussion for Fulkerson. So that probably had to be talked out a little bit. But and Mike White, you know, the Florida coach, after you know, kind of discussing sitting him, was like, you know, it was the easy decision to make, but 
Omar was remorseful and was a good kid and just sort of was one of those sort of in-the-moment type emotional reactions. So that's one move for Illinois in the offseason after Adam Miller you know, announced that he was leaving. Um, I expect many, many more. Got the uh, phone lines open, as I mentioned. Go ahead, Alan. You're on with us. Yes. Uh, is Armand Franklin in the running to play at Illinois? I've been hearing strong rumors that he's very interested in Illinois. Uh, anybody heard that? Yeah, we think that's true. But uh, some of the Indiana guys are deciding to stay. And uh, as far as we know, he has not said that yet. Uh, Scott, you can update us on that. You know, um, well, after Mike Woodson was able to talk Trace Jackson Davis into coming back, because he was going to go to the NBA draft, he wasn't going to transfer. Um, Christian Lander, you know, their one-time five-star point guard, you know, freshman, early enrollee, announced today he's coming back. Jordan Geronimo, another freshman wing, did the same. Armand Franklin hasn't yet. Illinois is interested. I mean, it would be sort of the Adam Miller replacement with the guy that I think maybe did last season for Indiana what Adam Miller could have done next year for Illinois in terms of just you know, improving off of a freshman year where you know, and, and, you know Franklin averaged about f- 14 points, I think, you know, this season. He had some in- some injury issues, uh, but that's an option for Illinois. It's not the only option, clearly. I mean, there's a couple, you know, some high school guards like Ty Ty Washington, Brandon Pazemski that they're still recruiting, and then, I mean, the portal just has new names every day. So if it's not Armand Franklin, it's going to be somebody. Uh, that's all I need. Okay, thanks, Alan, guys. thanks. Appreciate that. Back to the uh, ball game tonight, Bob. If Gonzaga wins that tilt, obviously they go undefeated. They would be, what, 32-0 and if they win, and you're hoping for that. Yes, I'm sick of talking about uh, Indiana, 76 Indiana. I like that team. I watched that team. They were great. They had five NBA players, I think, on the, on the roster or on the, on the, in the starting lineup. But they, it's it's time to move on. I, I don't want to talk about them anymore. I want to talk about Gonzaga of 2021 going to the future. Let's talk about them being the last unfeed. Hopefully, it happens more often. For a while there, and Steve remembers this. You guys don't. You you're oh, like, it's our weekly un, weekly un, reminder that we weren't unborn. born yet. Right, Scott. Not your fault. Not exactly. Not fault. We had we had a lot of control over but it. But UCLA, <laughs> UCLA, and you know ran a streak. You know they kept winning undefeated seasons. Then the Indiana. I think people in '76 thought this will happen again soon, and it almost did. '79, Indiana State ran into the only team they couldn't beat in the country. It was Michigan State. It was the only team they had no chance to beat. But they were undefeated at that time, and there's been a couple of since then, and it's going to happen. I like that it happen now. I just don't want to talk about Osiers anymore. No offense. That game gets underway about 8.20 our time this Ooh. evening over in Indianapolis. Some other uh, basketball notes. We'll talk more about this uh, after our first break. Brad Underwood kind of met the media today, kind of wrapped up the season, talked about uh, the transfer portal and some other things like that. We'll have some comments from him. It was 46 years ago today, back in 1975, that uh, Lou Henson was named head coach at the University of Illinois. And Lauren Tate is officially now a member of yet another Hall of Fame, the Basketball Writers Association that took place this morning virtually. Yeah, Scott could probably fill in uh, more on that because he was kind of the de facto IT person to, to help set that up. That but right? uh, a great, great honor. Great honor again for, uh, for Lauren Tate and uh, 
teaser, I guess. We'll we'll honor him in a way later this month. So if he's listening, he's probably finding this out too. But uh, yeah, it's just a, another accolade and a decorated career that uh, you know he was talking to me today about what he was going to possibly write for his next column. So he's already already thinking ahead, not resting on his laurels. Not not that I, he wouldn't, but uh, yeah, Scott was. Scott was key, I think, in making that happen this morning. Yeah, just to make sure that, that Lauren was on the Zoom when he needed to be on the Zoom. Well, that's a big job right that. there. <laughs> no, Lauren, Lauren always blames me when things <laughs> go wrong. That's true. But, he, he, but he never uh, gives me any credit for things <laughs> that go right. You know, like, hey, Kelly, thanks for helping me make it to the Hall of Fame. Scott, were there any words said that can not be said now on the radio? No, no, he, oh, was, good. he was fine. Uh, there, were, you know, the USBWA people in charge had some technical difficulties okay. at the start. We had a few here in the in the office, but by the time it was his turn to you know be announced as a Hall of Famer, everything was was working as it should be. So I, I'm going to take that as a win. And it doesn't matter if it's job related with him. If he has a bad day <laughs> on the golf course, it's my fault for some uh, reason. Yeah, that. So, uh, I guess I've, that's just a bear we, that I, a cross I'll have to bear for a while. We we could probably fill a month's worth, if not a year's worth, of sports talks just with stories about Lauren. We could. We'd have to clean some of them. Most up. of mine would have to be cleaned up. Yeah, well. One of my favorite ones, and I think I might have told this one before on air, but Bob and I were. It was me, Bob, and Lauren driving to uh, to Springfield, and right around this time, about five six years ago. For an Illinois football spring practice, they're having at Sacred Heart Griffin High School, and we were just making small talk on Interstate 72, because for those of us who have been on Interstate 72 know it's not much to sightsee. There's a lot of farmland on that drive between Champaign and Springfield. So Bob asked Lauren, who was wearing a green Masters golf hat, if Lauren had ever been to Augusta before. And Lauren... A logical question. Yeah, you know, Lauren was sitting in the back seat, and I think I looked up in the rearview mirror because I was driving... And uh, Lauren just kind of looked aghast, like, "What are you talking about, Bob? I, I had I had spring football practice to cover for fifty years. <laughs> I couldn't I couldn't go down there." <laughs> so that just kind of epitomizes his dedication to his job and to, to covering Illinois and, athletics. And in two thousand and ten, I had spring practice to cover too, mm-hmm. and I went to the Masters. So, fat boy, Bob. Well, what the heck? You've been there. It's I've not oh, been there. Oh, I thought. I'm sorry. You. I thought that's you've been still there. on my bucket. It's list. awesome. So. I will get there someday. Just go this week, Steve. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Let Lauren Lauren do the show on Saturday. (laughs) That's right. I'll just leave tonight. 529, we'll take our first break. Monday night sports talk here on DWS. We're back after this. Welcome back to the show. Monday night sports talk. It is 532. We're here with you until 6 o'clock this evening. NCAA championship game. Coming up tonight, Gonzaga. As I mentioned earlier, about a four and a half point favorite over Baylor in that ball game tonight. I'll lead off and tell you what mm-hmm. I what I hope happens. I hope Gonzaga wins. I would pick Gonzaga, and would not be a bit surprised if Baylor wins. I, I just think Baylor's good enough to do it. Mm-hmm. I like. I hope Gonzaga wins. Matt, we'll go to you. Yeah, I'm looking at this game in, in two different lights tonight. I'm looking at it as a, a sports fan, like we all are, and I hope it's a close, competitive, entertaining game throughout. Um, I'm also looking at it through the eyes of a sports editor with an approaching deadline, <laughs> and I hope the game does not go to overtime at all and ends in regulation. Um, but I, I, it's just Baylor, to me, is 
Gonzaga, granted, undefeated season so far. They'd beaten pretty much every opponent of note by double digits before Saturday night's national semifinal game. But then again, the West Coast Conference just, to me, doesn't have the same cachet as, as the Big 12. And and Baylor did have some struggles, you know, when they came back from their, their COVID pause in, in February at all. But the way they played Saturday night just demolishing Houston. And again, I know Jalen Suggs' heroics and the just the – the overall efficiency of that Gonzaga UCLA game, just how fun it was to watch, certainly takes the headlines. But Baylor just thoroughly outplayed Houston pretty much from midway through the first half on. And if there's anything like that against Gonzaga tonight, I would not be surprised if if Baylor comes out on top tonight in Indy. Scott, well, I'm hoping. I guess I don't. I mean, I don't have a lot of you know stakes in this one, but I'll, I'll be. Back in Gonzaga, and maybe just to end the argument as well. Oh, Gonzaga never plays anybody, and they can finally win their national championship. And also, they beat Kansas and West Virginia, so I think they can maybe have a handle on the Big Twelve. And it'd be, that's a good point. Very, very good point, Scott. This is why he's our college basketball writer, and, and I'm not. Um, but also, cool local connection too with Roger Powell yeah. Jr. Mm-hmm. on staff at Gonzaga sixteen years ago on uh, Sunday. Uh, it was when Illinois played North Carolina in the title game that he was a starter in, and then he's got a chance tonight. This is also the the first NCAA tournament championship game featuring the top two overall seeds by what the committee did since that 05 title game between Illinois and North Carolina. So it would be cool for Roger Powell to be able to cut down the nets and, and get a chance to you know pose with the, the national championship trophy. Tonight. He got some good TV time the other night. He with, did. With a bear hug of... Jalen Suggs. Well, that's what you do. Go hug the guy (laughs) that made the game-winning shot. You're going to be on TV. You know, one of the best comments I I heard was from Dwayne Wade on a tweet after Suggs said that uh, I always dreamed about jumping Mm -hmm. on the table like Kobe and Mm D-Wayne, and Dwayne Wade uh, sent out a tweet Mm -hmm. that uh, said he jumped on his kitchen table (laughs) when the kid made the shot. Bob, what do you think tonight? Uh, Gonzaga beat Creighton, so of course I'm Gonzaga, (laughs) first of all. And they kill Creighton. They just smoke them. It's like, I watched that game thinking, hey, maybe Creighton can hang. Yeah, five cents later is over. Uh, but I, I do li- I like the team. I like my, Mark Few. I like a lot of things. Now, I had the same kind of thought Matt had, which is, boy, Baylor looked great Saturday. Mm-hmm. I think we're going to get the reverse of that. I think uh, Gonzaga is going to come back. They played pretty good Saturday. They had a gr- lot of great shots, but they didn't great play great defense. I think they'll come back. And play the A game tonight. Now, maybe Baylor will too. I think Gonzaga's A game is a little bit better than Baylor's A game. So if we get double A game, it's going to be 80 79 or 80 78. And hopefully, for Matt's sake, I was thinking about this <laughs> no overtime. Please, no overtime. Just get the game done in time so we get get in the paper. Mm-hmm. I was impressed Saturday or Sunday mm-hmm. that you had a piece of the. Gonzaga game. The pay. I was so happy. That was that was, it was Joe, like two grass. That was Joe Vizelli. That was awesome. Working hard on the desk. That was our, great. Our sports copy. I was looking. First thing I looked for and said, "Oh, good job, Joe." So, I got a question for you, Scott, regarding much too early top tens oh. or rankings <laughs> or anything like that. I'm sure Matt's asking you about that I'm, from time to time. I made him do one for tomorrow, so he can put all the blame on me. And. Okay. How do you do it? <laughs> it's really hard to do it. It's hard to do it any year, but especially now with the transfer. We're going to hear Brad Underwood talk about the transfer portal in just a moment. But 
really tough. And you, you look at the the teams tonight, you, you figure they're going to be probably in there, but you don't know who's going to be back for some of those guys either. Yeah, I mean, it's impossible. I'll just I'll just call it that. Cause I, but I did it. I mean, I came up with 10, and I figured as long as I could you know, make a, a decent argument for all 10, that, like why I thought they should be in the top 10, then that I've done my job. And you know, with the way things work now, I can just update it like five more times. And did you have Illinois in the top 10? You know, uh, I did at number 10. Just squeezed them in there at the bottom and with a... Homer! <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I won't say whether I was asked to do that or not. I have forced him to put him in yeah. there. Oh, but <laughs> it, there's a, a rather large caveat to it. and Like a seven foot tall? Exactly <laughs> that big. <laughs> exactly that big. Because um, if Kofi comes back, then yeah, I think yeah, that he will, will carry them that far. If he doesn't, then, you know, in the next update I have, whenever that'll be in the offseason, uh, I'll probably drop Illinois. But uh, for now they're in. But it's kind of you look at the incoming freshman classes, and you know, that's not always a – you just ask Kentucky how well that worked this year. But um, if you can pair some really good freshmen with you know, a few guys that I sort of have an idea will come back, then that's sort of how I, that's how I put it together. Uh, please don't at me. Tomorrow, <laughs> anyone? Purdue fans. <laughs> <laughs> How many Big Ten teams? Can you tell me that? Three. So, Illinois and... They're, uh, Purdue. No. They're both from the mitten. Oh, there you go. Wow, Michigan makes sense. Hello. Yep, you're on the air with us. Go ahead. Hey, hey, Bob and Steve. I want to get to the moneymaker. Are we going to have a full house for the football season. And Tim, Timothy Colleen needs to get off his you-know-what and say, we're going to have it. We've got the shots. The kids need to get the shots. And I want to see the spring football game because I'm excited about Brett Bielema being the coach of Illinois. So as a Grant Nader, if I don't get to go to the game and sit where I usually sit, I'm not going to give money again. So I'm sure they know that, and there's a whole lot of people that – in my position, that grew up in town, that went to went to games in the '60s and sat on those wooden seats in the in the horseshoe, the bleachers were wood. Remember, we used to get splinters if you were here that time. But I want you to talk about a little bit of that, and I'm gonna hang up and listen, guys, because I haven't called in for a long time. But that's where I want I want that's that's what I want to hear. How's Illinois gonna take care of their money maker with the football team? Thanks, guys. All right. Appreciate the call. We'll kick that around a little bit. We don't have the answer because no, they don't have the answer yet. Not yet. Right. They're going to have a percentage. Uh, well, it's yet to be seen exactly how the spring game will work. There, there might be some parents in there, whether or not it's open to the public for it's any TV. percentage. It's on TV. It, it is, and it, on, so watch there. It is on TV. Uh, that's April the what? 19. Two weeks from tonight. Monday night, yeah. So I think that. What's what would happen right now is different than what might happen in the fall. So I think right now we're talking about certain percentages, including me and you, you guys all getting vaccinated, as that percentage rises across the states and of course locally. That's going to be create a situation where many more people can go. I I don't know that there'll be full house at the beginning of the season. I think there could be, but I think definitely by the time you get to October, November, you have a full house there or or as close as. 
Remember, well, the Illinois didn't have full houses very often. Even in even in pre-pandemic life, we lived. The last yeah, sellout crowd they had was Carolina. September 2016. Thing is, right. North Carolina right. at night. Yeah. How many home games have they played since then? You know, and no before the pandemic, right. there was no sellouts. After that, it's not like Illinois, Ohio State, or Michigan, where you know right. you're going to get a sellout every week. A sellout happened, I think, twice last decade. Right. But outdoors, <laughs> outdoors in that stadium. Whatever, whatever time you talk, you're talking about it, to me, it's and everybody's wearing a mask, and a lot of people have vaccines. It's pretty going to get to the point where it's pretty darn safe. So I think once you get to that point, once the community and the university realizes, hey, we're pretty good, great ship here, then they'll say, hey, let's bring some more fans here. So I think again, initially maybe not, but by the end of the year, I think it'll be full. Uh, I can I can tell you that. Probably no one in Champaign-Urbana wants to see the possibility of a capacity crowd at Memorial Stadium more than Josh Whitman. No, exactly. Because right. of the revenue aspect right. of it and the revenue that they lost in 2020 because of the fact they couldn't have, they couldn't sell tickets to get people into the stand. Right. I think we need to um, differentiate between capacity crowd mm-hmm. and normal crowd. Yes. At uh, yes. Illinois. Let's get back I to mean, the normal for, for, for a few years there, Illinois was social distancing before it was cool. Exactly. Right. Uh, but they very much so. I remember distinctly the 2014 game against Penn State. It was senior day. I was sitting next to Lauren and Bob in the press box, and Lauren was physically able to count the people on right. the east side of the stadium during the game because the crowd was – the game wasn't very good. Was that, uh, <laughs> it, it, when the game ended up being dramatic at the end. But, oh, that's right. But it wasn't uh, – there were maybe 10,000 people in the right. stands. I, the thing is, like, fans will be welcomed back to Memorial Stadium when it is safe to do so. Correct. And, like, you can pretend that, like, the pandemic's maybe not real or that it's over. It's not. We're getting, I think, closer to a, a good point. But, like, just, like, chill. Uh, happy. We're getting to a happy place. And, again – the main thing here is get every, like Scott said, get everybody healthy, get everybody to the point where it's not dangerous to go to the game because I don't think anybody wants to go there. They risk getting ill, right? No, yeah, people the game in Texas that, today really don't care. Yeah, that's just it's well, a sellout crowd down there in Arlington, well, Texas. I, I understand what what uh, the caller was saying. Everybody's excited about right. about yeah, yeah, money. Well, that's that's fine. Yeah, but uh, you know, as far as Saying you're not going to donate anymore, that's up to you. You, yeah. you don't want to do that. But uh, I think it's a work in progress, and we'll see how things shape up. Don't you guys admire, I really admire, that we've what they've been able to pull off here in the last year or so. The baseball got done. Basketball, mm-hmm. both basketballs got done. College football got done. NFL got done. But hockey got done. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's amazing. Given the, I mean... Hundred years ago, everything shut down, right? Completely, people died in droves, and everything shut down. This year, we fought, we fought through it, probably mistakenly in some cases, but we we survived this. So I think we should all be really happy that we are where we are right now. Thank God for science. Thank God for vaccinations. Mm-hmm. Thanks. Thank God that people are getting less and less sick, hopefully, and thank God we're all going to be healthy going forward because. It was pretty scary there for your all, the worst year of my life pers- personally. Well, not quite true. Second second worst year of my life, but certainly the worst year of a lot of people's lives. Well, if you just if you think back to what it was like last April fifth, twenty twenty, there was just kind of a impending sense of doom in the air everywhere. Right. Just so much uncertainty, and the fact that we're able to spend the first 
30, 25, 30 minutes of the show talking about an NCAA title game Amazing. is something right. we weren't able to do last Thank year. Goodness. So It is 545, Monday Night Sports Talk. We'll take a break. We'll hear some comments from Brad Underwood. Keep the phone lines open as well. Stay with us here on DWS. For those ready to make this... Th- Chugging along until 6 o'clock this evening, 217-356-9397 is the phone number for Monday Night Sports Talk. Another basketball, college basketball news note today, Hubert Davis, Scott, named to succeed Roy Williams at North Carolina. Not a huge surprise. They've kind of kept it in the family there in recent years. He's been on the, the bench there as an associate head coach for a while. Yeah, a decade. Yeah, under Roy Williams and sort of, I guess everyone's just sort of assumed that North Carolina would go keep it in the the Tar Heel family. Um, it's, I mean, I can't like grade the higher now, but I mean, if it was any other blue blood program like that, I'm not sure that they do the same. Um, but we'll see how it works. I mean, I mean, arguably North Carolina is, I'd say, the top three job in the country oh, I'd say they could if not you could make a case for day number one exactly yeah. so to me in that position of power you have could have gotten you yeah. go out and get the best right. possible coach Bill you can South. get like or like <laughs> wait until today is done and like give mark few everything he wants or yeah. at least ask i mean yeah i mean who knows Her, hubert davis Giro. yeah Her, hubert davis might turn out to be a, another great North Carolina coach like we've seen with Dean Smith, Roy Williams, Bill Guthridge, but he also might be Matt Doherty 2.0. <laughs> so, Which is a nightmare scenario. Who, who knows? And, and kudos to him for, for getting the job, and we'll see how he does. But I don't know. If you're Bubba Cunningham, if I was Bubba Cunningham, I'd call every coach that's ever been successful and say, hey, what do you think about coming to Chapel Hill, and then move on. I mean, Hubert Davis would walk across hot coals to take the job probably. Well, and by hiring him now, that means that because he's in his fifties, I think, mm-hmm. so he coaches however many years, and then they can still hire Wes Miller in his like mid forties because he's like thirty five, and he's part of the North Carolina family. Yeah, so right. they've set up the succession plan for like the next three decades. I just want to know when it became vogue for like North Carolina basketball. You have to hire within the family, and Michigan football. You have to hire a Michigan man. Like, when did that become a thing, and why is that a thing? Oh, it's becoming more of a thing, where it's like, if you played for whoever, like, you are now automatically a coaching candidate, even if there's, like, other guys, quote-unquote, outside the family, that that could be... I mean, just look at, you know, I mean, Mike Woodson to Indiana, like, Juwan Howard to Michigan. That worked out pretty well. Well, that one did. You know, Chris Mullen to St. John's, not so much. Uh, Patrick Ewing to Georgetown. Up in here. You know. TBD still like four years in, but it's uh, so does that mean in like ten years Kyle Korver is going to be the Creighton coach? Ooh, I'd be okay, okay with that. What if he's a bad coach though? They got uh, they got other options. Actually, okay. I was a little surprised. Porter Moser would to me would have been the next logical coach there at Creighton. Yes, maybe definitely. he will be. Well, not now. I don't well, know if you leave Oklahoma for Creighton. Yeah, True. I, I mean, Greg McDermott, one less thing Greg, Greg, McDermott, Greg yeah. McDermott left the Big 12 program because, to go to Creighton. Because we're getting, getting fired at Iowa State. <laughs> Too much Creighton talk, I know. But <laughs> let's uh, let's hear a little bit from Brad Underwood uh, talking uh, today about uh, the past season and about 
What's keeping him busy these days, which would be the transfer portal. It's been the majority of my last 10 days, uh, 11 days. Um, you know, it, it really creates a unique scenario. I think that, um, you know, I've always had the philosophy that I wanted to build with freshmen and develop them. I think we've been an unbelievable program in terms of development of players. And, you know, you, I'll use Io, you know, a young man who's gained 30 pounds, uh, added nine inches to his vertical, uh, couldn't bench press 185 when he gets here, and he, he did it 16 times the other day. You know, uh, that's development and, and maturity. Um, I don't know if those days exist anymore. Um, you know, we've spent a, I think, I think we're, uh, we're going to have to, um, shop from the full menu, so to speak. And, you know, you're expecting 1500 plus kids to be in the portal. That's five per team. Basically, uh, we've got a completely different scenario for recruiting. Um, it impacts, uh, trying to get old and stay old. Uh, we saw the benefit of that this year. Uh, it impacts every aspect of it, from admissions to um, things that can, you know, happen institutional-wise. And uh, so I, I don't know um, the full ramification of that. Um, it is what it is. I'm, I'm, I'm wrapping my brain around 34 years of trying to build one way. Uh, I remember when retention was – was was the key word and APR was the key word and helping young people graduate and now we've done the complete flip from all of that. Brad Underwood earlier today he also said uh, Scott that was asked about uh, was he surprised by Adam Miller's decision and basically said nothing surprises him anymore. And he, he didn't really want to talk about Adam no. Miller all that much and no. I guess I don't blame him. I mean uh, the thing that stood out to me the most from, you know, we talked to him for about 45 minutes or so um, was that, you know, after the loss to Loyola, took the bus back to Champaign, and then the players, they, they were released, so to speak. I mean, they got the chance to go home, and they've been at home and haven't been back. They're starting to come back this week. Um, but that means that no postseason – meetings between player and coach have happened. So it means Adam Miller left without that meeting happening. And I thought that was um, interesting, I suppose. Um, and it also means he has not had those kinds of meetings with Frazier, Williams, or anybody else. Yeah. So I mean, the, the Illinois roster could change an awful lot in the next you know, month and or two or unfortunately three. <laughs> <laughs> really until, I mean, Jermaine Hamlin signed in, in August. So I guess the other – like literally two days before the school year started. So I guess the thing is uh, don't get super invested in the roster right now. Just like hold, like be patient. I don't know if that's possible, but things are going to change between now and when the next season quote unquote starts. Matt, you need to get a picture of before and after picture of Scott. <laughs> I mean, take, take one to Dave and see if his hair is gray. By I'll it. say this. Like, I've got a few grays in the front. I'd say like this year with 1,500 players in the portal, maybe Illinois turning over half its roster. I, I'd, uh, I'm and it's prematurely all gray. Well, it's especially true because I think we can all say with certainty, as we were sitting here last week, I don't think we anticipated Thursday evening to be talking about Adam Miller entering the transfer portal at all. I don't think that was on any of our minds. Or like anyone anywhere's minds except maybe Adam Miller. Need to take one final break at 5.55. Let's do that, and we're back after this. 
about out of time here on Monday Night Sports Talk. Matt Daniels, what uh, what did we look for in the News Gazette this week? Uh, we got uh, Scott Ritchie's Way Too Early Top Ten, which we went over a little bit. Bob Osmondson's going to get started on some football content from Spring Football and then uh, begin work on a special section that's due at the end of the month. So that's something to look forward to. I might do it. No, you're going to do it, Bob. You ready for some football, are you, Bob? I am. I really am excited about football. Spring game, hopefully hopefully fans are allowed in. I'm not sure what the delay is, but it'd be cool. We'll find out about that as we move along. We'll keep you posted on that, Bob. Thanks for your time. Mr. Ritchie, uh, you okay to <laughs> you checking the transfer portal on your way home? I mean, probably. <laughs> <laughs> we'll leave it at that. Thanks to Ed Bond for his help tonight on WDWS, Champaign-Urbana. I'm Steve Kelly for all the guys. Thanks for listening. Have a good night.